this episode of The Brit, we are going to be sitting down with AEG, also known as Asian Awareness Group, and Dr. Joseph Ho to talk about the Asian awareness that is going on on campus and what we can do to improve. Welcome to the Albion College Brit Podcast. Um, We're super, super excited to have you here with us today. Um, So before we get started with the questions, um, how about the members of Asian Awareness Group? Um, Tell us just like your names and then your position in the organization. Uh, I'm Lily Goldberger. I'm the president of Asian Awareness Group. Uh, I'm Tim Bullock. I am the treasurer of uh, AAG. I'm Marshall Wood. I'm responsible for PR for AAG. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, cool. Um, So just to begin, um, let's start by having you tell us a little bit about Asian Awareness Group. Um, What's the group's mission? So Asian Awareness Group is a group dedicated to spreading awareness about the Asian, Asian American and Pacific Islanders in Albion. Uh, We focus on events that uh, have a big impact and influence on Asian cultures. And we make sure that uh, uh, Asian, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders are recognized at Albion. All righty. That's awesome. Um, so what are the goals of AAG? So some of the goals that AAG uh, works to do is, as I said earlier, just spreading awareness. Uh, as long as people are aware that we uh, do the work and we put in the events and people come to them, uh, as long as we do that, that's how we meet our goals. It's also just... Um educating others around us that aren't really sure about um, our culture and what we do and um, you know busting down some stereotypes as well is that like another like one stereotype is so that Asians are not a monolith you know like we're not all the same that's important um, okay so then what has Asian awareness group done this 2020 2021 school year to meet its goals promote itself and fulfill its mission so we've been challenged by a lot of the uh, COVID restrictions going on by campus, as everyone can see. Uh, we've really had a tough time, so we've been really brainstorming a lot of ideas. Uh, we really kicked off this year by uh, doing some a lot of Zoom events. We've done numerous Zoom events, including a, uh, a spa day where we uh, introduced a, a good handful of people to a lot of uh, Asian culture. Uh, we had a lovely presentation from John Stander, who's uh, unable to make it today, unfortunately. Uh, and we've done a lot of tabling events, as you've seen uh, through our Instagram page. Uh, we are uh, planning a, uh, another tabling event, uh, uh, Holly, coming up. Uh, and we are very be pushing that out pretty soon here. That's super exciting. Um, I know, like, uh, just in general, you guys have done a really good job of putting in events. So um, we're going to switch topics just a little bit. Um, so we're going to talk about addressing the anti-Asian hate that so many people have experienced this past year and obviously in our country in general. Um, So the caption of AAG's most recent Instagram post reads, the members of Asian Awareness Group do not condone the recent surge of violence and hate crimes that have taken place against the AAPI community. The post then goes on to say how AAG is committed to creating a campus environment that is safe for everyone, especially our Asian community. So in what ways is the group working to create a safe environment for Asian Americans and Pacific Islander students on campus? 
Um, well, for one, we want to create a safe space that people can um, go to and be comfortable talking to us about, you know, any struggles that they're facing. Because I particularly, um, I understand those struggles, and we um, we just really want uh, thought it would be good to sound out um, a message to the community about the recent events mm -hmm. that happened because it is a tragedy and. It's really hard and especially hard for the Asian American community right now. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's important for us to be a bastion for this conversation. If no one was to step up, it would be very difficult to have this conversation in general. And by uh, you know performing these events and uh, getting that conversation going in the community, we can really start that outreach and to really ensure that our bases are covered in this kind of problem and make sure we can educate people on the stereotypes and make sure that those are just bashed down. Mm -hmm. um, so then has the current anti-Asian hate movement impacted the happenings of Albion's Asian Awareness Group? And if so, how has it impacted the group? So for me personally, one of the things that uh, AAG has done uh, is we've met a lot more within the last two weeks with discussing how we can move forward to solve this um, event that happened in Atlanta, where we need to, as said earlier, educate people about how Asians and Asian Americans are not a monolithic culture in the United States and how it is very different uh, just between different cultures. And I really appreciate what AAG has done in terms of uh, setting out statements and organizing events to hopefully never allow something like that to happen on campus. And before you go on, um, what do you mean by monolithic? Can you explain that term just a little bit for our viewers? Yeah, so monolithic is thinking that just because they are all considered Asian does not mean that they are all the same. So, for example, uh, some people will think that Japanese and Chinese are the same thing, or Vietnamese and Korean are the same, or Taiwanese and Laotian are the same, when in reality they're not. Okay, so what do you think can and should be done to keep racism from taking place on Albion College's campus? Um, I personally think it would be useful if uh, Albion did address the hate towards Asians that happened, not just regarding the recent tragedy in Atlanta, but also when it started, you know, recently a year ago with people referring to COVID as, you know, the Chinese virus and, um, you know, referring to we should stop eating bats and dogs because the Asian hate didn't start with COVID. And this country does have a long history of violence, especially against um, Asian women. And it's been normalized. It's been normalized in the media. You know, we I feel like we've kind of become like someone's punchline. Uh, there aren't enough conversations about the model minority myth and perpetual foreigner syndrome and the exotification and uh, fetishization, especially of Asian women. So I feel like addressing these issues would be a really good start. Um, so then are there any resources that you would recommend people utilize to help them better understand and stop um, such hate and racism? Uh, I feel like, you know, being an active bystander and interviewing when you see, intervening when you see um, someone that is experiencing discrimination and racism and not remaining silent because you feel uncomfortable. And, um, you know, donating to support 
um, they there's a GoFundMe for Stop AAPI Asian Pacific Islander um, that you can support and support Asian-owned businesses. Yes, uh, that's so important, and uh, we're excited to see these resources be put out um, because it's necessary. Um, and I really like what you said there, Lily, um, about the punchline. I think that's something that um, people need to be aware of. Um, so before we go on and um, end, uh, is there anything else you would like to add in regards to Asian Awareness Group or the recent uptick in hatefulness and racism towards Asians, Asian Americans, and Pacific Islanders here in the United States of America? Um, I feel like, especially now, um, the minority, the model minority myth, um, it is seen for Asians like it's seen as a really like something really good. That Asians are smart and they're talented and they're beautiful and they're exotic, but it's actually super negative and it impacts so many um, people of the Asian community because it puts us all in like the same group and it gives us these like expectations that we feel like we have to pursue because according to also the model minority it says that we're not outspoken and that we are submissive and that isn't the reality because the racism isn't anything new and it existed already. And the virus didn't create the anti-Asian sentiments because it actually just drew them out. So I think really just spreading awareness of harmful stereotypes and discrimination is really important right now. Next, we are going to be speaking with Dr. Joseph Ho, a professor at Albion College. All right. Well, uh, Dr. Joseph Ho, a professor here at Albion College of Chinese History and Culture, welcome to the Brit. Uh, so for today, um, I guess we could start off with like a little introduction. Um, if you want to give what you do and if you have any other specialties on campus. Great. Well, thank you for having me. So I'm in the history department, and uh, as you've mentioned, I cover Chinese history. I also teach East Asian history, visual culture. Uh, my particular research is on American missionaries in modern China through the lens of mm -hmm. photography and filmmaking. Um, but I've been at Albion for about four years now. I, I love it. I love teaching and working with Albion students. Um, and that's kind of what I do on campus. I'm also the associate director of the honors program and uh, you know, basically serve on, on various committees as well. Amazing. Yes, thank you so much. Um, very committed to Albion College, as you can see. Um, so how has your experience as a professor of Chinese history and culture allowed you to offer comfort for the Asian community during this incredibly difficult time? That's a great question. I think what I do in terms of um, my research and thinking about things in historical perspective has really helped thinking about how anti-Asian racism is not new. Um, it's been around for a very long time in the United States and in reaching out to different communities, um, friends, colleagues, students, um, what I can offer is a perspective on how um, there have been incredible and, and really horrific moments in history, uh, um, American history, um, East Asian history, in which um, Asian Americans and Asian people have been targeted, and really the kinds of stereotypes and ways of seeing Asian 
people as something other um, in terms of thinking about mm -hmm. sources and, and documentation and how that history has been with us for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, so then how do you um, work to implement Asian cultural awareness within your lesson plans? So I think it's everything that I do <laughs> in terms of everything that I teach is meant to raise awareness uh, about East Asian history, about Asian culture. Um, part of it's simply teaching what I teach. Um, a lot of people in the United States, a lot of students, um, for better or for worse, um, don't have a lot of knowledge or background information on East Asian culture and history. Um, as you may know, East Asian history is usually only a tiny fraction of mm -hmm. the history that you learn before you get to college. So what I really like to do in my classes is to expose students to the diversity, the complexity, and the richness of histories from China, Japan, Korea, Taiwan, Hong Kong, uh, you name it. Um, and it's really what I do. And I also try to bring in my own experiences, um, my, my family's role in East Asian history, how I, as a Chinese American, see these different worlds, uh, the world of Asia, the world of the United States. And I bring in those stories into the material that I teach. Um, so for our third question, do you believe that Albion College, both students and faculty alike, have done its best to promote the safety and livelihood of Asian Americans during this time? So the short answer is yes. Um, I believe that the college has been very sensitive to uh, what has happened in terms of the recent attack in Atlanta um, on these Asian uh, and Asian American uh, working women uh, and also raising awareness uh, at a time where it's really crucial to think about where we're coming from and where we're going in terms of fighting racism uh, in small ways and also in big ways. Um, at the same time, I also feel like there's a lot more to be done, uh, as you've also mentioned here. Um, I, I remember very distinctly um, that uh, maybe the first or second year I was teaching at Albion, I remember around Halloween, I saw a student coming out of Baldwin uh, crossing to Robinson Hall, a male student who was wearing a kimono, a Japanese style kimono, um, carrying a, a bamboo umbrella. And um, I'm pretty sure the student was not aware that that kind of dressing up was, was quite offensive to Asians mm -hmm. and Asian Americans. I mean, just imagine if a student showed up to a Halloween party um, wearing blackface or dressing in a Native American costume um, we automatically would find that extremely offensive. This student, um, at that moment, I don't think he was aware of the baggage and the cultural weight that was wrapped up in that particular dressing up as a, as a Asian woman. Um, so I feel like there's a lot to be done in terms of raising awareness and also understanding that um, the actions that we do and the way that we think about ourselves as learners, as teachers, as community members, um, has to take into account the kinds of stereotypes and um, really kind of inherent racism that a lot of us uh, consciously or unconsciously have inherited. Um, so then just kind of going off of that, um, what would you like to see happen in our country in regards to diversity, equity, and inclusion? That's a really good question. 
And I'll tie part of it back to my teaching um, and part of it just to you know, kind of seeing things in general. I feel like we need to have much more understanding of East Asian history and East Asian culture to counteract a lot of these stereotypes and very superficial ways of seeing Asia that we get a lot from you know, pop culture, from the media. Um, I mean, we hear so often, you know, China's the bad guy, uh, you know, China's the bogeyman, um, the new enemy. Um, that in a lot of ways um, is one dimensional. I feel like Americans especially need to understand there's a lot of complexity out there um, in terms of how we work with China, how China has developed, how Asia in general has developed. And we don't get a lot of that. We get sound bites, um, we get stereotypes, and neither of those things really captures the complexity of that relationship with China. So I try to do that in my classes um, with China and Asia to bring in those multiple levels of how this history has developed and how we can see different angles when it comes to approaching that region of the world. And the second thing I think more broadly is to understand the deep-rooted kinds of anti-Asian racism or um, racism that involves Asian peoples. And I think a lot of it comes down to this idea of othering, the idea that has been deeply rooted in American perceptions that Asians don't belong, that somehow um, Asian people in the United States or Asian Americans are what are called, quote unquote, um, perpetual foreigners. Um, one of the questions that comes up a lot for either for me and for other Asians in America is, where are you from? And I like to respond, I'm from California. <laughs> but the, even the question <laughs> itself is like, you don't look like us. You must be a foreigner. And that's one way of this othering that has been built into American perceptions. Another is this idea of the model minority, that all Asians are successful or all Asians have X, Y, and Z skills in academia or um, intellectual in some way. And a lot of that leads Americans to lump all Asians into a single homogenous group that you know, all Asians are X. And the, the problem with that is that it erases a lot of diversity. It erases a lot of different experiences. And it's also classist. It assumes that Asians are all of a certain economic class and a certain kind of standing in society. And I've often heard growing up, um, the kind of flip side of that is that people will argue, oh, we're not being racist. We're just saying good things about you guys. And of course, that in itself is racist because it assumes that all Asians are a certain thing. Finally, I think we really need to have more awareness of this stereotype of Asia and Asians as an exotic people or this exotic culture that really ties into gender discrimination and sexism, especially when it came to the attack in Atlanta. I mean, you saw in the news that the shooter claimed that he had a sexual addiction but really that's tied in a way to how Asian women have been fetishized or seen as these exotic sexual objects to be used by men, uh, which is tied back to history in how American and foreign um, military forces went to Asia and then brought back these stereotypes of Asian women are submissive or Asian women are prostitutes. 
and that has become baked into our perceptions of Asian women in the U.S. And now we see kind of the, the result of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Dr. Ho, I really would love to have a longer conversation about this because this is interesting interesting things that you have brought up here because the first thing when I thought about when uh, you were talking earlier about um, the exotic the exotification and like the sexualization of Asian women the first thing I thought about was the rape of Nanjing and I thought about how um, how so many military forces and so many external forces have come in and sort of like kind of dehumanize like the Asian like American woman um, and I, yes, I really appreciate the fact that you talked about more model minority as well. So yes, thank you so much for bringing up all of those amazing, like amazing um, facts and stories there. And I wish we had more time to talk more about it, but um, it's just a beautiful culture and it deserves every single bit of attention. And uh, Morgan, do you want to add anything, any comments to what Dr. Um, said? Just the fact that I think that this is a conversation that people should be continuing to have. I don't think that it should stop. Um, after the news kind of starts to segue away from it and into something else. Um, I think it's very important that we continue talking about things like this um, because I think that the first thing in getting something to change is, you know, widespread um, agreement on the fact that it needs to change. That's right. And if I, if I don't, if you don't mind me adding just last three last points for us to take away from um, based on one of the questions that you shared, in terms of uh, promoting anti-discrimination efforts. I'll really briefly just respond to that. I think um, in a way, if anyone listening here um, would think about questioning your assumptions, you know, think about where your perceptions come from. What are the origins of what you think about Asians and Asian Americans? Where does that come from? What are the origins of that? And I'm happy to have a discussion with anyone else who, any listener um, here to kind of work that out with you. And those are, I guess, two things in one. But the last thing is to combine awareness with action. It's one thing to be aware, and it's another thing to do something about it. So I feel like um, with any kind of anti-racist effort, you have to have awareness and you have to have action. Once again, Caitlin Ray and I would like to thank both Asian Awareness Group and Dr. Ho for taking the time to speak with us here on The Brit. Um, So until next time, we'll see you later, Brits.